You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's edition of Falada One Football here on Big Blue View Radio. We have a couple things to go over. Now, I waited to drop this podcast till Tuesday. Didn't drop it on Monday, and I did that for a reason, and it worked out because we got a lot to talk about. We got some unrest up in Seattle with Russell Wilson, Pete Carroll. What's happening there? Then we got Michael Irvin coming out talking about that Russell Wilson could be coming for Dak Prescott's seat. We got Alex Smith's inevitable release by the Washington football team. And then we also have the news that broke on Monday. J.J. Watt is not going to Pittsburgh. He's not going to Green Bay. He's not going to Buffalo or Cleveland. He is going to the Arizona Cardinals to reunite with DeAndre Hopkins to play for Vance Joseph, a coach that used to be on the Houston Texans staff from 2011 to 2013 as a defensive backs coach. There's an easy familiarity there. And let's face it, J.J. Watt got two years, $31 million, $23 million guaranteed. That's a big contract. I think it was Diana Rossini of ESPN reported earlier last week that Watt had a 15 to $16 million contract on the table, and she has her sources. Credit to her. But a lot of people are criticizing Watt, saying he's just chasing the money, he doesn't care about winning championships. I think that's a little bit unfair. I mean, let's face it. Yes, that division is really, really good, but Seattle, they have turmoil right now, which we'll get into a little bit later. You have Matt Stafford and the Rams. They must be taken very seriously. And the 49ers, you can't just bat an eye at. I know they were 6-10 and 10 last year, but they were in the Super Bowl the year prior. Let them get healthy. So it's a tough division. But the Cardinals were 8-8 eight and eight with Kyler Murray suffering that shoulder injury late in the year when they kind of spiraled out of control after that Hale-Murray play. Until they faced the Giants, then they just put it all together, of course. But that's neither here nor there, and Danny Dimes was hurt in that game. But this team can compete. It can There's always turnover every year with teams that make the playoffs and then in the next season they fall off. There is such a small margin for error in the NFL. Teams can ascend. Teams can go from a 4-12 season to the Super Bowl. We've seen that in recent history with division rival for the Arizona Cardinals, the San Francisco 49ers. So those are possible. These kind of scenarios can happen. Now, Cliff Kingsbury, I still think, He can prove a lot more. Kyler Murray showed a ton of strides earlier in the season before the injury. But then it's that defense. Hey, Giants fans, let's look at what they did to the Giants offense. And yes, like I said, Danny Dimes was injured. But let's remember, Giants were running the football really well. They just ran all over Seattle. And then they go and they play the Arizona Cardinals. And Vance Joseph just puts the clamps on Jason Garrett. And I know Jason Garrett is viewed negatively. But what Vance Joseph did was shut down the rushing attack, made the Giants very one-dimensional, and Daniel Jones couldn't overcome that with a bum leg. No knockout. That happens. But that was without Chandler Jones. Now Chandler Jones is going to be coming back healthy. You have Isaiah Simmons, who started coming along, top 10 pick last year, 
late in the season, was kind of underutilized a little bit, kind of found his stride late in the year. And then you have one of the more underrated players, in my opinion, in the National Football League in Buda Baker on the back end. Patrick Peterson, he's a free agent, yet to be seen if he's going to come back. But now you add J.J. Watt into the equation. J.J. Watt, yes, he's not the J.J. Watt of old. I think that's fair to say. But he still has a significant impact on the game. And he's coming off of a season where he had five sacks. He had four the year prior. But he's getting pressures. He's getting double teams. And now he's going to have Chandler Jones playing opposite of him. Kind of goes back to what we used to see with Jadavian Clowney. And these are two freaks of nature with J.J. Watt and Chandler Jones. Now, it's not perfect. J.J. Watt's 32. Chandler Jones is 31. They both have significant injury history. You have Chandler Jones coming back from an injury. But if you have the money to allocate to a player, to a leader like J.J. Watt, especially on a team led by a young quarterback, a young head coach, why not go and do that? I don't see a reason to go against it. Now for the Texans, very unfortunate because this is the second offseason in a row that a star player of yours left your city, left your team, and went to the Cardinals. But good for Arizona to get this kind of star player in there to help lead this defense. The good defensive mind in Vance Joseph. Now, you look at the Texans in this situation. The Texans won the PR battle, I guess you can say, by allowing J.J. Watt to go and just releasing him because let's be honest the Houston Texans PR situation at the moment is not ideal they're not looked upon well with everything that's going on with Deshaun Watson but if a team was willing to give J.J. Watt a 16 million dollar deal don't you think you could have maybe put it out there went to J.J. Watt before you release him and said look circle five, six teams you want. We'll make some calls and we'll see if we can get anything back for you. Now, you probably wouldn't have got anything ridiculous. It probably would have been a fifth round pick, something like that. But now he just left for nothing. He's not going to be in the compensation formula for next season either since it was just a release. So I feel like the Texans kind of missed an opportunity to add maybe some draft assets. And they did so because they wanted to do well by their player. But maybe just a conversation with J.J. Why, hey, look, we're going to move on from you. You let us know where you want to go. We'll just talk to them, see if we can get anything in return. Because they're losing this star player for absolutely nothing. Now, it's going to be interesting to see how this all materializes in the NFC West. And there's another big storyline coming out of the NFC West that we're going to get into right after this break from our sponsors here at SB Nation. All right, now. Russell Wilson. This is the second consecutive offseason, and I feel like it's been even more offseasons, that we've heard that Russell Wilson is not overly happy with the direction of the Seattle Seahawks. I can see where he's coming from to some extent, and we'll get into this. Now, Russell Wilson came out, his agent contacted Adam Schefter earlier last week and said, look, Russell Wilson not looking to be traded if he was traded, he'd like to go to Dallas, Chicago, New Orleans, or Las Vegas. Now let's lay the two cases out for Russell Wilson and for the Seattle Seahawks franchise. All right. 
Russell Wilson came into the league as a third-round pick, and the Seattle Seahawks just signed Matt Flynn to a massive contract. By the time the season started, Russell Wilson was the starter. He was the leader of the team, and there was a good foundational defense in place for Russell Wilson to have success within the framework of what Pete Carroll wanted to do. But throughout the past nine years, the Seahawks have went to the playoffs eight times. Very impressive, much to do with Russell Wilson's incredible talent. But he's been sacked throughout that time 394 times. That's an average of 43.8 times per season. No quarterback since the 1970 merger with the AFL has been sacked more than Russell Wilson per year. That's a lot of sacks. It's a lot of hits. And there's been ample time for Seattle Seahawks to upgrade that offensive line. And according to Russell, that has not necessarily happened. And now he's 32 years old. And he's set to become probably the most sacked quarterback in league history. All he has to do is surpass Brett Favre's 525 sacks. And that was throughout his entire career. Now, Wilson, he's looking around the NFL. He sees Pat Mahomes. He sees Josh Allen. He sees Tom Brady. And ironically enough, I know he's complaining about not having say in the personnel, but he wants to throw the football more. He doesn't want to be a more conservative type of offense where you're going to run the football. He wants to cook. That's the let Russ cook mantra that we all heard about. Remember when he came out with that cringe video before the season about how he was Mr. 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 Unlimited. He's unlimited. One, he's unlimited because he's really corny, but he's unlimited because he wants say in personnel. He wants his, to put his input and he wants to leave his mark on this team. He feels like he earned that right. And I think he has a case to do that. And you also might be saying, Nick, you know, he threw the football a lot this year. He had 42 touchdowns, 14 interceptions. But 14 of those touchdowns came in the first three weeks of the season when he lit up New England and he lit up Dallas. And he lit up Atlanta, but everybody lit up Atlanta, especially early in the season when Dan Quinn was the head coach. And once Dan Quinn was fired, the defense clamped down a little bit. Not a great sign for Dan Quinn. Hopefully that trend continues because he is the defensive coordinator for the Dallas Cowboys right now. But back to Russell Wilson. He's upset. He wants more say. He's a star player. And also, he's married to a very influential and powerful woman, Sierra, who probably doesn't want to be in Seattle all that much longer especially if Russell Wilson is feeling the way he's feeling. So, you named Dallas, New Orleans, Las Vegas, and Chicago all pretty solid markets right there. Markets that would help a brand of, say, a Sierra. Not saying she needs any sort of help. I'm not a pop culture expert by any stretch of the imagination. But going to Dallas does make sense. That is also a state doesn't have any income tax. Financially, makes sense. Career-wise, for both Russell and his wife, seems to make sense. Renowned franchises as well. And the Dallas one got more interesting when Michael Irvin, obviously, former number 88 of the Dallas Cowboys, one of the Cowboy greats during the Aikman era, said that Russell Wilson might be coming for Dak Prescott's chair. 
and that whole situation between both of these teams, it's very, very interesting because Dak Prescott is significantly younger than Russell Wilson. Dak Prescott just played on the franchise tag, was hurt against the New York Giants in week five. But Prescott's 27, Russell Wilson is 32. Dak Prescott played that year on the franchise tag, and he earned a solid chunk of change, but that chunk of change, if the Cowboys were to use the franchise tag on him again, would jump up to $37.7 million as opposed to $31.4 million, which is a collective $69.1 million of just franchise tag money allocated to Prescott, all fully guaranteed through the last two seasons because Jerry Jones and the Cowboys front office could not come to terms with Dak Prescott on a deal. Reportedly, according to Jane Slater, last year she reported that Prescott had a deal between 33 and 35 million annual with 110 million guaranteed and 70 million over the first two years that would have included a $50 million signing bonus that was on the table for him last year and Dak Prescott didn't want to commit to a five-year deal. The Cowboys did. He wanted a four-year deal, so by the time he turned 30 years of age, he would have been able to hit the market and cash in again. I also believe that the Cowboys and Dak Prescott were about $2 million off of what Dak wanted. The Cowboys offered him a pretty big deal there. It's a pretty nice contract. I wouldn't say it's disrespectful. A lot of people feel it is, but that's not necessarily disrespectful. It would have made him a top five highest paid quarterback, but he wouldn't have reset the market, which is something that these quarterbacks tend to do, but not with you know, Patrick Mahomes' contract in place, that's going to be very, very difficult. But this begs the question, is there going to be a tag, sign, and trade type of situation between Dallas and Seattle? I do not envision that. I don't. I'm not 100% certain what Dallas is going to end up doing. I'm sure that Russell Wilson definitely piques their interest, but I'm not sure if it makes a lot of sense for Seattle to trade him at least before June 1st. Because if they trade him before June 1st, it's a $39 million cap hit. That's terrible. It's devastating for them when it rolls into the 2022 season. So I don't know. It would have to be a very enticing deal by Dallas. Let's be honest. Jerry Jones isn't getting any younger. He wants those splash headline type of moves, which this would be. Because the upgrade from Russell Wilson to Dak Prescott is significant to say the least. Russell Wilson is much more accomplished. He's about five years older something you have to consider in the deal. But it is something that I feel like Dallas will certainly entertain. But you don't know what exactly would have to be involved in that trade, especially if Dak Prescott is involved. You would imagine Prescott is involved. There would have to be some sort of franchise tag, sign and trade deal set in place for Seattle. I think it's a fascinating situation. I think Russell Wilson looks at Amari Cooper, C.D. Lamb, Michael Gallup, Zach Martin, Lyle Collins, Ezekiel Elliott, Tony Pollard, Connor Williams even, and says that's a solid foundation on offense, if they're all healthy, that is. But you have to figure out what's going on with Tyron Smith. You have to figure out what's going on with the other guard position and the center position. Now, I think Tyler Biotish, the kid that drafted out of Wisconsin last year, he can be a long-term center if he stays healthy. He had a lot of injury issues in college. And Russell Wilson can step into that situation and vault that offense to possible Aaron Rodgers, Mike McCarthy type of status. Something that I'm not sure or I'm not certain that Dak Prescott can do. I think it's a fascinating situation. I don't know if that will end up materializing. But I want to circle back to Seattle real quick. Because I said I'm going to lay the case for Russ 
and now since we're talking about Russell Wilson possibly being traded, I want to lay the case for the Seattle Seahawks. Their front office, what they've done. Because I think Seattle, if you want to try to be objective, you can look at them and be like, Russell, brother, we've made the playoffs eight of nine years. We invested and traded for Dwayne Brown. Now, it didn't work out as excellently as we would have liked, but we're trying to get you the weapons that you need. We're trying to help that defense get back to the Legion of Boom. And every offseason, you're complaining about being here. And you're driving a wedge between Coach Pete Carroll, who's incredibly accomplished, and the rest of this team. Why are you doing that? Why are we putting up with you doing that? We're a very successful franchise. We're one of the better run franchises in the NFL. And you're kind of allowing your agent to go around leaking things to people like Adam Schefter. Why are we dealing with this? Especially since you're 32. And yes, you're going to play another five great years of football. But do we want to keep dealing with this every offseason? And that's, I think, a question that Seattle is asking themselves right now. And it's like, if we can get a huge haul for him, it's something to entertain. But then you circle back to the money. And you're like, eh, I'm not going to get a huge haul. And $39 million of dead cap is going to roll over into my 2022 budget. Because that's definitely something you do not want to happen. So I think Seattle's looking at Russell Wilson and saying, Yo, this guy's being kind of a big pain in the rear end over the last two off seasons, And we continue to get him what he wants. And I know he's saying he wants more say in things, but this is a football team with a specific chain of command. So why don't we adhere to that chain of command, take input when necessary, but continue to make the playoffs and make these playoff pushes. Now, when I look at this, I think this could be something that possibly could be rectified. I'm not sure where Russell Wilson's heart lies in this. If you would have asked me, Two weeks ago, where's Russell Wilson playing next season? I would have said Seattle unequivocally. If you ask me right now, I'd still say Seattle, but I'm a little less confident about it. Because I don't think you leak things like this for no reason. There's seeds of doubt within Russell Wilson's mind. There's things that Russell Wilson wants that he feels like he's not getting with Seattle. It's an interesting situation. We've already had Jared Goff, Matt Stafford be moved in this offseason. Carson Wentz, there's all this talk about Deshaun Watson. And now you throw Russell Wilson's name in this, and it's incredibly exciting. This NFL offseason really knows how to kind of occupy the entire calendar year. Alrighty, let's move on to just some other news. There's been a lot of releases going on in the NFL. It's not exactly a surprise because, like we've said in previous episodes, the cap this floor is set at 180, but it's going to be lower than it was in 2021. Some veteran players are always released before every season, but it might even be more so this season. But one player within the Giants division, Alex Smith, is set to possibly be released. And by possibly, I basically mean definitely, because the Washington football team has come out and said that they're going to part ways with the veteran signal caller now. I wish Alex Smith nothing but the best because he's just a stand-up guy and he's overcome so much adversity. He won Comeback Player of the Year, rightfully so. I mean, you got to look at this guy, man. His leg was infected, almost died, kept his leg, found his way back onto the football field after 17 surgeries. Relieved 2019 bust, Dwayne Haskins steps in, goes 5-1, and one, and leads the Washington football team to 
an NFC East division title. Now, people will be like, oh, it's the NFC East. They stink. Yeah, you're right. But guess what? The Washington football team still won the division. It's with a Alex Smith comeback story and a head coach battling cancer. It's a really, really inspiring story. And now he's 36. And I look at teams that could possibly bring him in. I could see Chicago. There's an obvious connection there with Matt Nagy, who was his offensive coordinator with Kansas City. And Chicago's quarterback situation right now is Nick Foles. So why not entertain that? I don't know if his career is done yet. He could just come in as a backup, great locker room type of guy. But he will not be calling plays for the Washington football team next year. And I think his career arc, just in general, is incredibly intriguing. It's up and down, right? He was the first overall selection in the 2015 draft over Aaron Rodgers. That's an up. And then he was a draft bust. Did not work out with the 49ers. Down. Lost his job to Colin Kaepernick. Was traded to the Kansas City Chiefs. And his career was rectified under Andy Reid. Now that was a down and an up. And he groomed Pat Mahomes for a year in 2017 as he led the Chiefs to a 10-6 division winning record. That one also, he's on his way out. But he ends up going to a team and winning the starting job in Washington when Washington traded cornerback Kendall Fuller in a third-round pick to get Smith back in 2018. And he led Washington to a 6-3 record that year before suffering that devastating injury against the Texans when Kareem Jackson sacked him. That was obviously a down. And now he comes back in 2020, takes that hit from Aaron Donald in his first game action, and leads them to a 5-1 record. That's an up. So it's just a very, very inspiring story from Alex Smith, and I hope we get to see him in 2021. All right, everybody, this has been Falato on Football here on Big Blue View Radio. Please rate, subscribe, and review all of our podcasts. Check out Valentine's Views by our very own Ed Valentine. Please listen to the Chris and Joe show. I do a spot on their show every week talking about this New York Giants depth chart and just enjoy your week, your weekend. Be safe, take care of each other, and I'll talk to you next week.